Welcome to the Raymond Tamaklo podcast. You are about to listen to a message as preached by the senior pastor and founder of Love Springs International Church, Nairobi, Kenya. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo is a missionary to the nation of Kenya. He is an author and a church planter. Reverend Raymond Tamaklo has a passion of raising pastors and shepherds who delight in the work of God. He has dedicated fairly all his life to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, doing exactly this. He believes in ensuring that the Word of God is preached to all because each and every soul is precious and important to God. This podcast will reignite your love for God and His work and will work out times of refreshing in your life. Now, get ready to be blessed as you listen to the soul-saving Word of God expertly handled by Reverend Raymond Tamaklo of the Love Springs International Church Headquarters, Nairobi. Be transformed as you listen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We ask for a mighty visitation, a visitation that transforms us transforms our spirits and brings us to the brightness that you have for us in Christ Jesus. May we be the light that shines forth in this dark and perverse world. May we not be hidden under bushels. May our light so shine in this world as we are lighted up by your revelation in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen. Please have your seats. Not a novice. (laughs) Not a novice. Amen. We are quoting from Paul's letter to Timothy and he's admonishing Timothy on something very important. 1 Timothy 3, 6, not a novice, least being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. So, novices ends up falling or first of all lifted up with pride. Do you understand? Novices end up being lifted up with pride. It is the same pride that virgins have. Do you understand? Yes, it's the same pride that virgins have. You remember when you were a virgin and how proud you were that you were a virgin. No, we know you are no longer, but I'm just taking your mind back to when you were a virgin. <laughs> Some people fight to be recognized as secondary virgins. Yes, they fight. 
to be recognized as secondary virgins. But there's no such thing as secondary virgins. Uh, there's no such thing. And there's a difference between being a virgin and being a celibate. Do you understand? There's a difference between being a virgin and a celibate. Yes. A celibate uh, was, could also be somebody who's had sex before but has gone off sex. Yes. Do you, do you understand? Yes. <laughs> or, or she has taken a break. <laughs> do you get it? So it's the same, and, and a virgin is a novice. Do you understand? But how it is that such a person is filled with so much pride, do you understand? Is what is mysterious about the whole thing of being a novice. So, in whatever situation you find yourself, one of your greatest efforts must be directed at moving beyond the novice stage to become somebody who is deeply knowledgeable um, if it is your um, career, your profession, your calling, your ministry, you cannot remain a novice for so long. Are you listening to me? Because a novice is tempted with pride. And then such a novice falls into the condemnation of the devil. Amen. So we looked at how great God is. And yet Lucifer couldn't see the greatness of God. Number one, we said almighty God is the ancient of days. Number two, we said God is from everlasting to everlasting. Amen. And then number three, God is throughout all generations. Number four, God laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of his hands. Number five, God's going forth is from old, from everlasting. Amen. Number six, God is the everlasting father. All these great attributes of God, Lucifer was oblivious to them. Okay? Num okay, that's number six is the last. And so we move to what? Did we move? We moved to the first novice to be condemned, which was Lucifer. And we said, number one, Lucifer was created as one of the angels. Lucifer was not in the beginning with God. He was created at a point in time. Beautiful. Amen. Number two, we said Lucifer was ordained into service. Lucifer was not there at the beginning. After Lucifer's creation, he was anointed into his role as a cherub. Amen. <laughs> That's Ezekiel 28, 14. You remember? 
Yes, so you see some anointed falling cherubs. Yes, Lucifer was one of them. Yeah, he was ordained into service. You get a point now. Yeah. Number three, Lucifer was placed on the mountain. You will need somebody to lift you up in your life. I don't know how you see it. People who talk and say, I don't need him. I don't need anybody. You will never get any lifting. Lucifer was placed on the mountain. So, when you are placed in an elevated position, learn to recognize who placed you there? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, learn to. Is it this teaching? If you apply it in your work in the ministry, it will make you a great person. If you apply it in your social life, if you apply it in your uh, uh, profession, do you get it? Um, and in your relation with great people, all right, you will see that it changes everything about you. I've watched with interest, you know, like talking about politics, how some people to get to be um, elected as MPs couldn't just jump and go to a place and say, elect me. And then they are elected. First of all, they go and attach themselves to somebody. Yes, like a leech. You know, they'll say, I'm all orange. And they'll mention Babe's name, you know. And everybody says, oh, he believes in this person that we believe in. And then they get to be voted into becoming MPs or senators or whatever they become. And then you see that the person has forgotten that they were placed on the mountain. And if you've watched the scene around here lately, I mean, there was a party that had a whole um, is, it, is it convention so that they can remove some members of the party. <laughs> Do you understand? Like they had a whole conference or convention because after they sponsored and got you into the position, you forgot who got you there. You know, when you teach loyalty, people think it's, it's some way. Yeah, but even in politics, people are not loyal. You understand? Yeah. The honorable thing to do, and anyway, there's no honorable thing done in Africa by our political leaders. So don't even expect it. Yes. I mean, in the UK, the former prime minister, it was just COVID. And then you set up rules. Nobody should do this. Then... Your people organized a party. You were in the garden for how many minutes? Charlie, resign. We 
which African president do you think that he has broken COVID rule? And then his people say resign. And then he takes pen and resign. He will resign. I mean, it will never happen. In the UK, that you appointed the wrong person into your office. And then they find out that this person has maybe a criminal record or has done something, but that you are, is enough for them to call for your resignation. Yes, but it can't happen in Africa. It can never happen in Africa. The honorable thing is to resign, but they will never, they will, they, to resign. Oh no, it won't happen. You get the point now. So, if you were elected on party A's ticket, and then you realize, oh, now I admire party B's principles and all. The honorable thing is to step down, go to party B, fight, contest. That's the honorable thing, but don't do it. And that shows you that people use people. It's not about loyalty, no. They use, I will use you to climb the mountain. Yes, after that, I don't need you anymore. You get the point now? Yeah. So, those of you who want to be into politics, all right, you may never know. You know, I pray that it's because of your loyalty to a certain ideal or a certain principle. You know, Lucifer was the first politician. Yeah, he was the first politician. He, he, I mean, how do you convince angels that God created to follow you? One third of the heavenly host. He was the first person that politicked until he got one third of the votes. So, when everything started, there was only one principle, God. The eternal God. And then Lucifer managed and emerged as a second force. So now choose where you want to be. You want to stay with this God or you want to follow me. Until he won one third of the hearts and the loyalty of the angels. That decided that we will fall together with you. And then he marched all of them out of heaven. And so God ended up losing one third of his sons. Yes. Are you here? Look at it. He said, you defiled your sanctuaries. You get it? With your many sins and your dishonest trade. That trade is the politics. Yes. So I brought fire out from within you and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. So, when God wanted to destroy Lucifer, Lucifer didn't know that the one who created him also had put fire somewhere inside of him. And he knew how to bring the fire out. Do you understand? He knew how to bring the fire out. You see, you didn't ask to be created. Yeah. Otherwise, Lucifer said, no, create my nose like this. Create my hands like this. Create my wings like this. Create my legs like this. He couldn't. He, he couldn't. Because God created him. So God knows the things he put into the guy. And he knows how he can call fire from within the guy. 
do you get it? For his distraction. And yet Lucifer was oblivious to that fact. So, first of all, I'm showing you that he was placed on the mountain. It will always be somebody who elevates you in your life. Oh, yeah. And if you are not being elevated, it's because you have not proven that you will do well with elevation. Some people never do well with elevation. They don't do well with promotion. Do you get it? Yes. If I tell you one of the reasons our branches collapsed is because I should move to point number four. Number four. (laughs) Did I give you number four? Good. Number four. Lucifer was given special privileges. (laughs) Special privileges. I'm just showing you the real Lucifer. Okay? And the few things that made him overestimate himself. Yes. Number four was the fact that he was given what? Special privileges. Ezekiel 28, 14. Let's look at the message version. You were the anointed cherub. (laughs) You were what? And now you don't like the anointed cherub. You were what? The anointed cherub. I placed you on the mountain of God. That confirms point number three. Then now we're going to see the special privileges. And one of the special privileges was that you strolled in magnificence among the stones of fire. You strolled. You strolled. You strolled in magnificence. Are you seeing the scripture or you are pretending you can't see it? Yes. You strolled in magnificence. His magnificence was a privilege given to Lucifer. Not all the angels had magnificence. One of the ways you know that the angels, some lacked magnificence, is if you look at the story of Samson's mother before his conception. When the angel came to Samson's mother, he spoke to her about the son she will have and what she must not do and what the child born should not do. And he said, because he's a Nazarite. He's supposed to be a Nazarite in the book of Judges. He's supposed to be what? A Nazarite. So she goes to the husband and says, I have met 
an angel of the Lord. And this is what he said to me about A, B, C, D. And then, good, a woman came and told her husband. um, Okay, give me verse 5 quickly. Verse 5 quickly. Give me verse 5. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear what? A son. And no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be what? A Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So, this encounter she had Watch how she reports it to the husband. Verse 6. Then the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of what? God came unto me. And his countenance was like the countenance of an angel of God. Very terrible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told him me his name. So, the woman could see the angel as a man of God. The only thing was his countenance was somewhat extraordinary. But it wasn't like you could tell fully, fully, this is an angel. You could tell a certain beauty about the angel. Now, what I'm saying is further confirmed by how the husband addressed the angel. Because the angel came a second time. And spoke to the wife. Then the wife quickly went and called the husband. Right? Let's go. No, no. Give me the verse I'm I'm on. The next verse. Good. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear what? A son. And now drink no wine, nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. So sometimes when you're pregnant, what you you eat, what you drink, can also determine what your children become. I mean, if this scripture is anything to go by. Yes. If you grow up and you you are a mirror-chewing boy, go and check. Your mother likely was chewing mirror. When you were in the womb. So, you didn't just start chewing mirror. Now that you are an adult, you were programmed to like it. Do you understand? And somebody was also not programmed to like it. You love drinking. Your mother likely drank on top of you when you were in the womb. Yes. If this scripture, I'm saying, if is it me, I'm supposed to teach. Whatever you do with the information I give you, for now, it's up to you. Yes, you should be selective what you do when you are pregnant with children. Because there's a lot of programming going on. Um, and um, sub, uh, Unconsciously, the child is picking up something. Because not only um, th- is this um, advice given to um, Samson's mother, all right? If you come to the New Testament, do you get it? You can talk of John the Baptist. Do you get it? You can talk of John the Baptist. So you can see that sometimes what you eat when pregnant, do you get it? What you drink when pregnant. Yeah. A child that has, how do you think, okay, let's go to, that. I always tell people that science and faith are not 
um, like antagonistic to one another. Every doctor will tell you, don't drink when you're pregnant. Every doctor will tell you. Yes, because it has effect on the unborn fetus. Do you get it? They'll tell you. Science is not antagonistic to, to God or his word. If you look at it well, do you understand? So, how does or how do babies in the womb feed? They feed off what the mother eats and drink. So, if you create a distillery in your stomach, <laughs> I say what? If you create what? A distillery in your stomach, what do you think your boy is drinking? Refined alcohol, refined Guinness, refined beer, refined vodka. You have distilled it and then the product of the distillation is what your child is drinking. And you think subconsciously, the child will know that this is it. When now they come into consciousness, the day they drink vodka, I say, I remember this thing, when I was in my mother's womb. Welcome home. Where have you been all my life? (laughs) Careful. Yeah. So sometimes be spiritual. Do you understand? You, if, you, if you want to drink Guinness, go and eat clay. Go and eat clay. At least clay, there's nothing spiritually harmful about clay. Your child will come out knowing that out of clay I came. Out of clay I will. <laughs> out of clay I came. And out of clay I will return. You got a point now. At least that's a better option. So you can choose that. All right? Good. <laughs> anyway, verse 8. <laughs> Quickly. Then Manoah entreated the Lord and said, Oh my Lord, let the man of God which thou didst send come again unto us and teach us what we shall do unto the child that shall be born. So, He went now and prayed for a second visitation. Verse 9. And God hearkened to the voice of Manoah. And look at it. The angel of God came again unto the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Verse 10. And the woman made haste. And ran and showed her husband and said unto him, Behold, the man hath appeared unto me. That came unto me the other day. Now watch Manoah's address. And so now Manoah is seen, is going to see the angel for himself for the first time. Right? And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said unto him, At thou the man that speakest unto the woman husbands will always be husbands I mean look at how he's asking the question <laughs> oh you didn't see what I saw husbands will, are you the man who spoke to this woman that's all he was asking you understand instead of at least you've got them be polite a man of God 
he, he didn't go. He said, are you the man that speaketh unto the woman? So if he wasn't the angel, you see that the man would be trembling. He was trying to intimidate the messenger. <laughs> Careful. And he said, I am. Verse 12. And Manoah said, now let thy words come to pass. How shall we order the child and how shall we do unto him? So he's literally speaking to a man. From where he's sitting, he's speaking to a man. But then how do they know that truly, truly it is an angel? Is when they offer the sacrifice, the manner of the, um, um, let me say, consumption of the sacrifice is what finally convince them that it is an angel. Yes. How the, the angel used the end of the staff to take care of the offering they gave. Do you get it? So they couldn't outrightly just tell. Do you understand that it's an angel? And we're talking, when we say an angel, we're talking of a celestial being. Totally out of the realms of the terrestrial. But you see, his appearance was just like a man. Such that Manoah could call him or address him, are you the man who spoke to the woman? Do you understand? So, Manoah took a kid with meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on. Verse 20, for it came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar, that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. You see, and Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. That's, that's the point they knew that it was not just an ordinary man. You get the point now. But as for Lucifer, the anointed cherub, once you see him, you saw him with magnificence. <laughs> so he had privileges. I know you are not happy with this particular point, but it's part of the teaching. Yeah, he had privileges. You know? He had privileges. One of them was his magnificence. And then he strolled in that magnificence among the stones of fire. So sometimes privileges makes people get lifted up with pride. Do you understand? Yeah. Not everybody, I have church members. All my church members are important to me. Not all my church members know my house. You know my house. Do you understand? How many church members who have given offering in this church has eaten in my house? You have eaten in my house. It's a privilege. Do you understand? Is it you won't say amen, but I'm going to teach anyway. How many young men are in this church? Many, many young men. When I travel outside and I return, I don't buy shirts for every young man in the church in order to create equality. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a just father. I love Nyamai as much as I love Nelson. So when I return, I bought Nelson a shirt. So it's Nyamai that I hate. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. 
Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So sometimes those privileges, you see, nobody say you can't buy yourself a shirt. So stop that argument you are arguing that I can hear. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> don't, don't argue like that. Yes, but I can buy my own shirt. You know, it's just nice. It's, it's, it's nice to be, you know, in, 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 in a situation where some, oh, I, I got, I travel and I got this for you. It's a privilege. Yes, it's a privilege. Do you understand? Yeah. So don't be proud. I say, oh, what you can buy for me, I can buy. Don't be proud. That's pride. It's a privilege. Yes. And it is these privileges that get novices to be lifted up. Yes. Somebody used to work in my office and had access to my office. Of course, if you work in my office, you have access. Next, the person was seated on my seat taking pictures. Even with evidence, she denied that. She used my office. I mean, the view in my office at that time, you see the whole city. The person denied, even in the face of evidence. (laughs) Yes. Thank God these days, when I look through my window, I just see Vibanda. I just see Vibanda and people eating mandazi and drinking. Yeah. <laughs> My office window had a glass, a very wide glass that overlooked the, the city. And then the, the person took pictures. Some of you, who, who, if some, a, a big man makes a mistake and allows you, you see, please, I'm coming. Sit here, young man. Kijana, Kitty, Nakuja Sai. And the big man leaves the office. Is 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 a picture-taking opportunity. So some of you, you are admitted to certain spaces only once. After that, they lock the door. They make sure you never access the the space. Yes. (laughs) Some of you, you, the president makes a mistake, and you enter the state house. You become a security threat. You will take pictures everywhere, 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 everywhere. You see, I'm showing you that sometimes you may not know what a a high person likes and don't, especially if you don't see the person himself showing off that space. Do you understand? Yeah. Who Who tells you he wants you to be the one to advertise his space? The church is quiet. So, when special privileges are given to novices, it often causes them to be lifted in pride. And then they fall into the condemnation of the devil. Careful. If you enter a place... You enter an office, you enter a job, and you see special privileges being given to you is actually a warning that be careful. 
In fact, a wise and experienced person will suddenly not joke anymore. Do you get it? This teaching is for you. A wise person will suddenly become extremely careful, extremely wise. David was not just handsome. He was also wise. Do you understand? Yeah. One of the things they could say about David in the presence of Saul was how he conducted himself. He he ordered himself well. He walked in wisdom. Not many people, depending on the environment they introduced, to walk in wisdom. Do you understand? So it is very expedient that you are not a novice when you are being shown special privileges. (laughs) Do you understand? Yeah. Your boss takes you to his house. Then he says, oh, maybe you are going somewhere with your boss. Then he takes you to his house. Because he needed to pick something, do you understand, from the house. So, he drives you to his home and then you sit in his hall. Then right by your side is the TV remote. Then your boss goes upstairs. When he comes, you have switched on the TV, you have located Netflix and you are watching your favorite show. (laughs) No, it's already connected. It's so you just w- switch on the TV and you have made yourself comfortable. In fact, you have even so much as gone to the fridge and served yourself some drink and you've crossed your leg. When the ogre comes down, he says, hey, the guy is comfortable. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> you see, you may think what I'm teaching is far fetched, but that's how people quickly lose favor. Yeah, that's how quick people quickly lose favor because when he gets down and sees you in that comfortable state, one of the things that will go through his mind is this young man has no barriers. He has no boundaries. Yes. And it will be the last time you ever step foot in his house. You understand? Yeah. It will be the last time. He will just make a mental note. Yes. Next time he's going somewhere with you, he will lock you in the car. <laughs> I just hope what I'm teaching you is entering you. Yeah. Be careful you are a novice and there are privileges coming your way. Yeah. Personally, I'm not anybody. I don't claim to be anybody. Don't think so. Yeah. I've shown people privileges only to regret it. Do you understand? Yeah. I've given access that I've regretted severally. Do you get it? So, to not abuse privileges, 
you must be somebody who is beyond the novice stage. Amen? You're with a, your leader, then you pick his phone and you've started dialing a number. When he comes in, you say, oh, my credit finished. I just wanted to make a quick call. <laughs> And maybe you have a father you do that too. So, it goes with you everywhere you go. You think that you can abuse access, you know, and enter somebody's office and then start making your calls right from their office. It's an abuse of privilege. You see, Lucifer was a novice. So, the privileges he had made him feel like, yeah, I'm... I mean, who, who went with God on that mountain before? The other angel says, none of us have gone. We don't even know what you're talking about. Ah, Charlie, there's a mountain. No. It's, it's mysterious, but it's there. I can tell you, there are even stones that have fire. Do you understand? So he started feeling like, yeah, I must be important for Baba God to be carrying me, walking on, you know, stones of fire. And walk strolling in magnificence. All those got into his head when he started conceiving his rebellion. Most people who start rebellions were once close and privileged people. I'm going to say it again. Most people who start rebellion, most people who become orangus were people who were once closed and very privileged. But you see, the condemnation of the devil is that they lifted with pride. Yeah. Lifted with pride. We haven't even started traveling with you. On, you know, I, I saw one pastor um, lamenting how when he takes some people you know, like he's invited to preach somewhere. So he takes somebody he considers as a son to the place and they go and preach. Then his sons now go behind him. You know, they've left now. Then this young man, he has, goes back to talk to the host and convince the host and say things about him to the host. You know, And then he never gets invited to go back to the place. Next, he will see that this person he took here is being hosted by the person who hosted him. Like if I took Nyamai to minister somewhere and um, the person I went to minister for wants to have him to come and minister the ethics of ministry and also ministry also has ethics he has to call me and says oh the young man you came with can we have him minister for us yeah, say, it's, it's very fine it's, it's very okay if and is it also I must be very fair do you understand now if I also know that that opportunity will cause him to be lifted up in pride. Genuinely, genuinely. Not that I'm trying to block him. 
not that I'm trying to block him. No, 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 no. Genuinely, one day, I was not there and Kohana preached. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about pre. The reason he's still in this church today, do you get it? He preached. I'm not talking about teaching. He preached. And he preached exactly like me. From the report I got, I, I didn't see it. He preached from, and I believed it when I was told. I didn't have to doubt. But what made me move quickly to ensure that they don't kill him before his time was the extra comments I, I, the women started singing. Yes. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have no idea where it leads people like that. Especially, he was a novice. Today, he won't preach and walk in, in pride. He stayed for how many years? After he had the mic once. After that, I took the mic for his safety. <laughs> but do I recognize him as somebody called? Yes. Can he preach? Yes. Can he teach? Yes. But you see, they would have easily destroyed his ministry. And that's because they already destroyed one of my pastor's ministry. A lady pastor. But for her, she was already microphone hungry. Oh, yes. So he is here. Do you understand? And can do much, much, much more. Do you understand? Yeah, can do much. And the reason is because I took steps so he doesn't fall into the condemnation of the devil. And he cannot say I was bad to him because I, I raised pastors. I raised pastors. I respond. There are things I want done for me in certain places. I'm not there. I have trusted pastors. They passed through my hands. I made them pastors. They came to me as young men. Today they are pastors. I tell, I call this person, do this for me and it's done. I don't have to be there. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So, if I'm talking practically, so now you take steps. If you know that it, the thing will kill Nyamai before he even starts. If you love him, I mean, your son is going to enter fire. You say, oh, I love you, Baba, but keep going. Go, keep going, keep going. What do you do? Women, you should see women when their children are going to put their hands in hot water or into fire. They, they will shut the building down. Do you understand? So I'll tell the, the host that, oh, um, I'm sorry, but he's not yet ready. Yes. And if he's also a foolish host, he will call Nyamai and says, Hey, Jama, your man, you know, your man. I tried to invite you, but he's blocking. Yes. And then if Nyamai is a good son, he will say, Oh, he's my father and he understands better. But if he's already lifted with pride, you say, Oh, he'll start talking. You know, that's what I've been suffering. <laughs> Walk with somebody you trust. Walk with somebody you trust. And you know that even when his decision seems adversarial or adverse to you, that it is in your best interest. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Like, be sure that the person has my welfare at heart. When you are sure, even the no, when you are told no, it doesn't bother you. Because you know that there must be a reason for the no. Some of you enjoy, yes, yes, yes. Can I have welfare? Yes. Can I have this? Yes. The day, the one time you are told no, you get offended. Walk with a leader, knowing that, and it does, you have to first assess the heart of the person. Does he mean me well? Does he love me? If he does, and you know it for yourself, even a decision that seems like, oh, tell, it will be worse if it is, tell him to come to America, then he says no. When you hear America, you say, the poverty of my family is over. But this man has said, I am not going to America. Do you get it? Yes. So you see that you can easily fall into that condemnation of the devil. Why? Because you're, you're a novice and you're lifted with pride. Yes. And don't forget, many of the people who have the ability to do something, you, it didn't come into you naturally. Somebody made a way. Somebody raised you. Somebody mentored you. Do you understand? Yeah. Women don't naturally kill their own children. Do they? They don't. If they do, one of the first things a judge will order is go and examine her, if she's her mental state. Yeah, because it's not natural. You don't kill what you have birth. I listen to me. And I don't have what it takes to kill the ministries I have birth. But you see, the issue is that people don't trust the leader. Yes. They never have faith in the leadership. So you're always thinking negative. And no means, yeah, yes, he's trying to just kill me before my ministry. And the Quran would have been out there. And by now he has slept with all the sisters in his church. Because that's the beginning of a novice. One woman was calling on a bishop not to go and do something. I'll send the link. He was, she was calling on a certain bishop not to go to a certain church. And she was saying that she was there when the pastor got born again. Under the ministry of this particular bishop. And then he, she said that. So when she, he went to start the church after being born again. You can't just be born again and go and start a church. So in that process, she had a relationship with a man of God. And that they have a daughter together. And then now he doesn't take care of the daughter. You see, that is what I'm talking about. Not a novice. He was born again. He should have stayed under the bishop. He should have been sent out. Not because now I have fresh fire. I have fresh fire. I have fresh fire. Do you know how many women hunt down new pastors in town? They hunt down new pastors in town. <laughs> so now he's, she's making video publicly to disgrace the pastor. You know? Because she followed a novice. And a novice is bound to make many mistakes. Many mistakes. A novice will make many mistakes. And one of them is sleeping with your church members. A novice will make that mistake. 
by now you see Koana. She's, he's not doing Kula Kwamacho. When he finishes, he preaches like that. And they've given him big towel. And he throw the towel. And he, he has demonstrated the power of God. And then he tells this one, meet me after church. Meet me after church. See me after, see me after church. Yes. If you don't believe what I'm saying, look around you. You see many novice pastors. He's the person is a pastor with a baby mama. Those are the things you see practically in ministries. And I'm telling you, and I'm pointing, those are the mistakes of novices. And so if you are not lucky, and your path crosses a novice, do you see, you will become a casualty and those are the ones who shipwrecks the faith of others. Are you following the teaching? They are the ones who shipwrecks. So you now see a bitter old woman. She doesn't want to hear of pastors. If you go and check, all the pastors she met on her way or on her journey of faith were novices. Pastor said, a pastor who knew some of my stories, you know, was preaching somewhere and he, he narrated my encounter with some people here in this country. <laughs> yes. All my stories I tell you, people think these stories I make, I, I make up. Yeah. Your start. If I was a novice and offered to leave it, I was struggling, I was struggling Apo Ngara in a very dilapidated hotel. When I came, if I was a novice and had not been in ministry and had not seen certain things and I came, a woman offered me his, her entire house, Apple, State House Road. Have you lived in State House Road before? When you, you ask my address, I'll tell you State House Road. With a big compound. And if I was a novice, that's a breakthrough. I was few months in the country, few months in the country, prayed for her and her breakthrough came. I, I mean, that was a, I mean, I'm moving from this hotel where my bills have piled up and I couldn't pay. Do you understand? To now live in a, 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 a nice house. But you see, I have overdealt. I've, I've dealt, I had dealt with my condemnation of the devil. I wasn't going to fall for that trap. I wake up from State House Road by the side of a bouncy, juicy Kikuyu woman to come and preach in the church. <laughs> Do you understand? Yes. Yeah. And if she had cars, I would drive. Those of you who are who fancy such things. Yeah, some young men fancy such things. If a woman can avail a car to them, it's a breakthrough. Some breakthroughs are not breakthroughs. Yes. Are you listening to me? It's a breakthrough, it's not breakthrough. <laughs> so to save this young man from the traps 
You know, when, when David started running away from Saul, we haven't heard of the women ever since. <clears throat> As for the women, they will sink and put you in trouble. Titus. After you sing, they will sink to put you in trouble. Yes, and when favor starts pursuing you, you see that they have all scattered. Yeah. I don't know if you're understanding the teaching. <laughs> Thank you, God. <laughs> hey, he did nothing. He, he did nothing to show me that, yeah, you know, people are saying I'm like you, you know. He did nothing. Yeah. He did nothing. Nothing like that. Yes. As for the other one, the other lady pastor, as for her, you could, she was literally now hungry for microphone. One day, I, in the same breath, I left some pastors behind and I traveled. And one pastor was preaching. And he was lifted up with pride. And I used to prophesy. So, this pastor told the church that what apostle does is not a big deal. You know, prophesy, calling somebody's name, telling them things about their lives is not a big thing. And he said, how you get to do it is by having nice music. I think that's why I took nice music from the church. <laughs> that's a joke. They understand nice worship. Then I think he called the people to start singing, and he wanted to come and he wanted to display that, yeah. And then as they were singing, he called the certain sister. The sister is still here up till now, and gave the sister a prophecy. I'm still waiting for the prophecy. <laughs> the sister was used as a demonstration. That anybody can prophesy. You get the point now? Anybody can prophesy. Yeah. So one opportunity to hold microphone and to preach to the church lifted in pride and fell into the condemnation of the devil. He was preaching to the people and I think the people were not responding amen or something. And he shouted, I'm not a Ghanaian. I don't speak like a Ghanaian. I'm a Kenyan. Who is struggling with your Kenyanship? I don't speak like a Ghanaian. Whatever. So it didn't surprise me when the Orangus were leaving, the wife told him that they had to go. Yes. And you should see where I picked that pastor from. The first time he came into the church, he came in a Wellington boot. Gun boot. If I can take you with your gun boot and call you my pastor, he should tell you I, I am into leadership. It's not about your appearance. Do you understand? It's not about your appearance. You cannot say amen. 
Careful. Special privileges. Yeah. Have you been shown special privileges before? <laughs> yes, gambled. It came with it. <laughs> Careful. How many points do you have now? Four. Let's go to five. One day I'll let the sister tell you the prophecy she was given. <laughs> Number five. The sister. <laughs> you want to know where the sister is seated? <laughs> Number five. Lucifer was very attractive. <laughs> Lucifer was very attractive. <laughs> Ezekiel twenty-eight seventeen. Do you have the BBE translation? The BBE translation. BBE is Bible in basic English. BBE translation. Do you have that? See if you can find the BBE translation of Ezekiel 28 verse 17. BBE. Not BBI. BBE. Bible in basic English. It says, your heart was lifted up because you were beautiful. (laughs) Your heart was lifted up because you were beautiful. You made your wisdom evil through your sin. I have sent you down even to the earth. I have made you low before kings so that they may see you. Do you understand? Yeah? Your heart was lifted up because you were what? Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah? If you saw him, he was captivating. If you saw him, he was charming. He had magnificence. And because of that, the guy was lifted up with pride. Yes. That's why today, most satanic things have these eye-catching, beautiful features. Yes. The devil doesn't, even knowing what he does, he doesn't use ugly girls these days. If he's sending a girl to sleep with a pastor, he's not going to see a girl, he's not going to send a girl that the pastor said, wait, wait, turn down, turn down, go. Yako ni nini. He's going to send a girl that has spent 24 hours in the beauty spa cleaning her skin. He's going to send a girl with, 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 with breasts. Send a girl with buttocks. Something the pastor cannot say no to. You see, you can't say amen now. Yeah. Huh. 
Is it don't be fooled when you 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 are you know you assume you are strong. You know, you, you assume, you know, I'm a strong Christian. Yeah. It's because you haven't, your taste has not been weaponized and sent to you yet. Do you understand? Your kind has not been what? Weaponized and sent in your direction. Yes. Tailor made for you. Yes. You see that you'll be speaking in tongues as you are praying for the power of resistance. Yes, you just be saying, you are down, flat out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Your weakness is not stealing. It's not stealing. If they put money down there right now, you'll you, you say, ah, who left their money here? Your own is not stealing. Do you understand? But you cannot avoid Coca-Cola looking girls. Yes. You can't avoid Fanta looking girls. Do you understand? Yeah. So the devil will weaponize one and send in your direction. You like them dark. You like them a particular way. So when he figures out what you like, then he weaponizes one and says, go there. Yes. He uses beautiful features. Features that are appealing. Do you understand? Do you know how many old men are duped daily on Facebook just by pictures, appealing pictures? Do you know, somebody's baba is sending money to another boy thinking that he's sending money to the most beautiful girl that has promised to meet up with him and do all kinds of fantastic things to his body. Shameless old fool. (laughs) Do you understand? Yeah. When the man now wants to talk to the person he's be sending, you see these foolish boys will take the phone to a girl. Yes. Because the girl will get a cash, um, some percentage. And they say, oh, I'm the one. Yes. You do you understand? Yeah. So he sends features that you like. Old man, what are you on Facebook scroll, scrolling profiles for? Zooming on them. <laughs> Zooming on them. Shameless old man. <laughs> that is how they, in Australia, in Australia, my brothers, where I come from, my brothers, in Australia, there are people who have wasted their entire investment on this nonsense. Love from Africa. Yeah. And if 
they mentioned the amount of money they've sent to these people. You'll be surprised. I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then when they are even now discovered and they are being told that it is a scam, they are up there. They are still there saying, no. We talk every day. We talk every day. Mandela, don't get any ideas. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> Careful. Yes. Many girls who are beautiful, you see them walking in pride. It's no wonder. It's no wonder. Some girls, their only source of pride is that they are slim. They have a flat stomach. They are proud. And they, they have a flat bum bum. They are proud. <laughs> yeah. They can wear something and show their belly buttons. They are proud. They think that they, 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 they are the only thing God created and put here. It becomes a source of pride. And then you see them making decisions that is leading them into condemnation. But they can't see. Because when you are now swallowed up in pride, nothing you are told will enter your head. Just because you can eat and not put on weight is a source of pride for you. Because you can eat and not put on weight, makes them proud. Yeah, you see them. You should see them. Now, if you talk, they don't, you know. They're, they're, sometimes you can have a very far-fetched imagination and a, a stretched imagination of your own self. Like you, 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 you look at yourself in a mirror, and you're like, man, God, you wasted time and created me. Do you understand? You'll be surprised. And it gets into their head. You should see them making decisions based on their features. You see, what human beings don't know is that there's nothing new under the sun. What many young girls, you should see the pictures they take. Your mother took some of those pictures herself. Today she's a, a retired old lady seated in her corner. There's nothing new under the sun. I see some of my church members. You should see the pictures they take. It's like when they take the picture, they are telling you, come, I want to lick you up. I shouldn't say it. I shouldn't say it. What has entered your head that you have entered bathroom with a tall mirror? A tall mirror you don't have in your room, by the way. A tall mirror you don't have in your room, by the way. And then you're taking sexy pictures. Raunchy, sexy, raunching pictures.
He thanked God, this is all that he gave you. Some of you, if God gave you extra things, we won't sleep in this world. We thank God all that he gave you is what he has given you. <laughs> we thank God all that he gave you is that. Some of you, some of the girls who are living in poverty and they still take pictures like that, it, it makes sense why God decided that you should be born in poverty. Because if you were born in riches and you had all the, the things, only God knows what you bring into the world. So when we see you like that, we say, thank God. Hmm. If you don't like my teaching, it's okay. There are many churches are around. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, where does, oh, I'm, I'm slim. You know, I'm I don't know where I went. I don't know where I went. I, I forgot. I, I was somewhere and I bought something. I just sat in the car briefly. And it's, it's an open space. And then these girls came. You know, it was in the morning. It was in the morning, I think. They, I think they had just come from a night out. You know, so they were a bit whatever. So they got off from the car. You know, and one told the driver, on gets her volume, on gets her volume. She has she's as skinny as some people I know. But a bit tall. So she got down and her skirt was up to here and not it's not even lying straight. It still wants to fly. And then she got and she started shaking her bonbon. Hey. Then from the same car came out two other or three of them. And then one was wearing a very shiny white-like shirt. She shirt because the thing was just a shirt but straight out up to here. You could see her skin is well done. She has a bit of buttocks here. And then the others were given. She stood open and she started doing this. For everybody to see, not giving care at all. She'll live there and go and sleep in a ghetto. Yes. Some things when I see some, you see, let me tell you this that mindset will never get you from the poverty you got in. What will get you from that? And I wish they were here. I'll still tell them. Yes. What will get you from where you were born to a place where you dream to be is the development of a, a hard-working mind. A hard-working mind. A determination to change your situation. Not the flaunting of... You. Now you get sexy mouth. Don't be so... Now you get sexy mouth. Now you get sexy eyes. Now you can't get sexy hair. The only person who is having sleepless night is the devil and yourself. I don't envy you. I don't envy you. You see a young man who, who's 
has no prospect in life. His only prospect is his body. He'll go to the gym, finish the gym, and then rub oil on his body and with his bare chest uh, take photo to show raunchy women who are looking for easy lay. Yes. And I'm telling you, it will not get you out of poverty. It will not. Yes. It will take more than that. This is a message they wouldn't like to listen to, but I'm teaching it anyway. Yeah. It will not change. You, 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 if. <laughs> okay. Let me not say some things. <laughs> yes, there's a way you can make the, the chest move up and down like that. Yeah, that's all you ever do. Few years' time, you see that. The, the muscles has turned into fat. The muscles have turned into fat. Yes. <laughs> you move from 12 parts to one pack. <laughs> Mercy. Are you here or you've gone home? <laughs> Your heart was lifted up because you were beautiful. Some of you, you are not even waiting to be told you are beautiful. (laughs) I saw somebody's sister's photo and I asked the person, is that your sister? You said, yes. I I said, she looks like you now. And then the sister couldn't wait. She said, but I am more beautiful. Wait to be told you are beautiful. (laughs) I know what you are going to tell me. You know, you must know your self-worth. You know, and you must... If I was you. (laughs) But I'm I'm, I'm more beautiful. (laughs) Careful. They are not even waiting for you to say they are beautiful. (laughs) 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 All that. All that. You know. In in fact, I think in 1 John 2.15, John the beloved said to us, he says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. And he talks about the lust of the flesh. First John. Yeah. Love neither the things. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. Verse 16. Then he says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. And the lust of the eyes. And the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. Everything Christians want to do today on social media, Instagram, every one of it falls into this category. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's why somebody will buy one small car and take hundred photos. The pride of life. This is what I've achieved. Yes, this is what I've achieved. today and you have Satan has pumped into the system. Pastors who are working in the pride of life. They'll find dubious means to 
get a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car. And after that, the whole world will not rest. And they will stand by it. They will wear their nice manicured suits and take photos by car. Did Jesus call you to take photos by car? Or he called you to study the Bible and to preach it? But that's what the world is after. Let me go and borrow cars and pack them in my compound. And I start taking such videos and such uh, um, um, uh, pictures. And I make sure they polish the pictures nice, nice, nice. As I'm standing by, borrowed. After I take the picture, I take the car. You see how this church will be filled with them. Yes, Satan's children will come. One of our own is here now. Yes, it's working. <laughs> Careful. He don't come. He's working. Satan's children will identify. One of us has appeared here. Yes. Go and buy a hundred thousand dollar car, hundred and twenty thousand dollar car. Buy a Bugatti, buy a Ferrari. Yes. If you see me standing by a Ferrari and I'm telling you Jesus is good, you believe it. (laughs) What is good? What did you say? Okay. Yeah. Indeed, he's good. Okay, indeed, you say, indeed, he's good. Yes. <laughs> indeed, he's good. Do you understand? Yeah. For all that, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father. I can tell you certainly and for sure, Jesus is not interested in what you drive. He's not interested in what you drive. If you like, go and use $200,000 and buy a car. He's not interested. To him, you are even a failure. If he came on buying Bugattis and Ferraris and the Porsches and all that, we, where will we be? Because the Bible said, even though he was rich, yet he made himself poor so that we, through his poverty, might become rich. What that scripture means is that Jesus Christ could have walked in all his divinity, his splendor. Do you understand? Being God, he could show the the fullness of his splendor and the fullness of his, you see, but he, he was not a novice. So he didn't choose that. The devil chose that. Do you understand? He's not talking about riches, though yet he was rich. He's not talking about gold or money or diamonds or anything. He's talking about the riches of his divinity. He had it, yet what did he choose? For our sakes, he became poor. So when he had to put down all that he was as God and take on the, the, the likeness of sinful flesh, that was his poverty. You know, some of you, you don't agree with what I'm teaching because if now you get Ferrari, you showcase it. Yes. Yes, you hashtag. Hashtag. If it offends, if my success offends you, you are not my pastor. Small thing. God has endowed you with. Nobody should. 
rest anymore. Huh? And sometimes I see this, and I know, I know that is your greatest barrier to where you are supposed to go. Yeah, that vexation on yourself. Yeah. Have you seen me? Have you seen me? Have you seen how beautiful I am? Have you seen me? You don't see, I'll take pictures for you. Yes. Have you seen? Have you seen my hair? Have you seen how glorious my hair? You see, you have already been lifted up with pride. Yes. If you dare walk to such a sister and advise her on her manner of dressing, you become her enemy. Yes. They'll soon walk around the church and say, anyway, those who don't have it don't like those who have it. You'll soon see that every one of their posts will have a hashtag referring to you. Yes. My dress, my choice. Show it if you have it. Hashtag they criticize what they don't have. <laughs> hashtag envy. Hashtag jealousy. They'll give you all kinds of hashtag. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> hey, there are some people who have what the world is looking for and they are hiding it. Nonsense. I saw one picture of one of my church members and I was traumatized. And I just come from a Sunday service where I even have taught against such nonsense. Hey, if you want to be a slave queen, go and be a slave queen. Stop wasting Jesus' time. I mean, there are only two places you can be. With Jesus or the world. With Jesus or the devil. Just choose one. This one that you are here and we think that you are getting it. You know, where is this your obsession coming from? The obsession with the world. Where is it coming from? So today, you can't tell Christians on the internet from Christians that are or non-Christians on there. You can't tell. When unbelievers do this to take picture, the Christian has closed church. She has also gone and do this to take picture. <laughs> Careful. There are people in churches with secret devilish accounts they do things on. Do you understand? They have private accounts. Don't see these people here and think that they are all angels walking in Jerusalem. It's a lie. Some have already entered Roscoco. Is it? So what, what is it? What is it? What is it called? Rose cocoa. Yes, rose cocoa. Some of them are already into rose cocoa. Yes. And they are being driven into these things by the love of money. 
A man ordered for a prostitute. And he was in the hotel room waiting for the prostitute. And the prostitute came. And when he, um, he turned around, he noticed that it was his daughter. Yes. He had ordered his own daughter online. You understand? Yes, his own daughter was into it. And you see, God has a weird sense of humor. You are busy turning other people's children into prostitutes. When he ordered, his own child came for servicing. When you now, what will you do? Your delivery has arrived. Your package has arrived. He had no idea that this is what his daughter was into until that particular day. And his daughter also had no idea that my father has been servicing prostitutes until that day. Are you here? Or you want to know what happened? (laughs) You're here, they sweet you. Uh, even if God polishes you nicely, do you understand? And even if you are it, do you get it? Even if you are what? It. Don't allow this idiopathic pride to fill you up. When you see young men who do this hair, um, what do they call that hair? Conroe hair. Like they plate their hair this way, this way. Then the hair is here. They always think that they will go through life based on their beauty as young men. You will rarely find men with that hair who are not proud. Rarely. When they have such hairs, it makes them proud. I don't know why. I don't know the connection. Do you understand? But once they have all that long hair and then they plate it, ah, I'm God's gift to women. Yes. Correto. Correto. There must be somebody in there who hates them. Because the quickness of this production, <laughs> this is production, quick production. <laughs> yeah, these ones, filled with pride. No wonder Absalom was proud. You see, me, I, I, I may not know much, but I also believe in the few things I've seen, you know, Not today, but our parents, one of the things they dealt with when they were dealing with pride in our sisters those days, forget this generation that are so hopeless. This this so-called Gen Z generation is a hopeless generation. If all the grown-ups in the world die, these children 
will cause chaos in the world. The world will not exist for five minutes after all the grown-ups die. It's a hopeless generation. They don't have any wisdom. They don't read. They, they have nothing up in their head. Apart from being on the internet 24-7, they have nothing to offer. If you remember, at least those of you are fairly grown. What our parents, one, if you see your, your, one day your mother dealing with, I have seen my mother do it before. I had sisters who had very long hairs. And in that moment, when my mother wanted to humble them, she would take either blade or scissors and then chop off their hair. You see that when their hair is gone, they walk around the compound like chickens beaten by the rain. <laughs> they now start looking, whoa, whoa. They have nothing to offer. You see that they are humble. Now, I, cannot, I don't know why our mothers thought they needed to cut their hair. Except that there was some pride connected with that long hair they had. I, I can't explain it. Then to grow up to read that Absalom had long hair. He walked in rebellion and then he hung. They used to cut his hair once a year. And then he was this rebellious child. It makes sense now. You see, when they cut their hair, those days, when they cut their hair, they will not eat for two days. They are mourning the loss of something. (laughs) My sister, my, my younger sister, from her birth, her hair was never cut. Yes, her hair was never cut. I think either after I beat her when she displayed her nonsense is when my mother either cut it or something like that. For some reason, they believe they have to cut it. If you go and ask favor, her hair has been cut before. (laughs) When she looked like a Madagascan boy, she started humbling herself. Amen. Number six. One day Lucifer sinned in his heart because of his beauty. I should have combined this point. He sinned in his heart because of his beauty. One day Lucifer sinned in his heart because of his beauty. <laughs> Ezekiel 28, 17, the message version. The Bible says, your beauty went to your head. <laughs> your beauty went to your head. Some of you sisters, your beauty went to your head. You have insulted men. You have shouted at men because of your beauty. Small beauty. Small beauty. Small beauty. How many men have you insulted because of small beauty? He says, your beauty went to your head. Some of you sisters, you looked at men and you told them, you are not my type. Can you take care of this? Can you, when you look, when you see this, can you take care of this? (laughs) So beauty can enter your head. Yes, your beauty went to your head. You corrupted wisdom by using it to get worldly fame 
and I'm, I've just talked on it. Some people, even though they claim they are sisters in the church, they are Christians in the church, they are using the wisdom God has given them for worldly fame. So I threw you to the ground, sent you sprawling before an audience of kings and let them gloat over your demise. Careful. Careful when you're dealing with God. Are you listening to me? Yeah. And lastly, number seven, Lucifer was thrown down because of his sin of pride. He was thrown down because of his sin of pride. This novice guy gave God sleepless night in in heaven. Let's look at Ezekiel 28, verse 16. Then we'll jump to verse 18. Give me the NLT version. Verse 16 and 18. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So, I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. So, God now has to banish the guy. See, Falling cherubs that covers don't know why they are often banished. Do you understand? Yes. So God banished him from what? The mountain of God. I expelled you, almighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Hey. I expelled you. I banished you and expelled you. Yes. From the mountain of God. I expelled you. Almighty guardian. Do you understand? Mighty guardian. From your place among the stones of fire. Give me verse 18. You defiled your sanctuaries with your many sins. And your dishonest trade. So I brought fire out from within you, and it what consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. <laughs> Lucifer should have known that against God, I'm a novice. Lucifer should have known that God is the ancient of days. I should not be lifted up in pride against him. And as much as what Lucifer did is true, you see the same in the church. You see the same in the church. Many of you see that you have no desire to do anything for God. That desire was created in you by somebody. Then the same person placed you on the mountain. Gave you a small session. I have had people who use their placement given to them by me. To like hold you at a gunpoint. 
You see that when we had the busing system, the busing system became a tool to punish pastors. Depending on whether they were happy with you or not. And in as much as it seems oh, so, so far-fetched, why are you sure? I'm not sure. I am certain. I am doubly certain of what I'm saying. So somebody on a Sunday who could bust 20 souls, when they are displeased with you, they'll walk in with two. If you like, shout. When your lungs are tired, you stop talking. We had all these demonic manifestations right in the church. And you see, don't, you should look back at your dealings with God's purpose and God's church with shame. If you allowed the devil to use you, you should look back on it with shame. Some of you, through you, people were going to stop being drunkards. You didn't see that it was important. Through you, somebody who was a recalcitrant son or daughter in a home was going to be a good boy in the house. It didn't, it didn't mean much to you. It was not important to you. How do you jettison souls? Jettison souls without feeling it. You jettison souls. Souls that you know that they are. One young man in this dancing star group joined this church. I, I'm telling you how bad they are even when they are in church. Now imagine how bad they are when they are not in church. This young man was in the dancing stars. But he posted pornography on his WhatsApp. A pornography of a woman who had put a bottle in her punani. A bottle, a beer bottle. Was it a beer bottle or something? A beer, a full beer bottle, and put it. He was even telling those people who didn't have the video to request for it. You see, he didn't, he, you didn't feel the fact that what we wanted to do as a church. Listen, this nation is rotting to the core. Some of you, what you were doing for God was the salvation of your children. But you do not know. And where we are headed, you are also going to give birth to children. Let's wait for their fathers in sin and their mothers in sin. And let's see how your children survive it. I mean, whatever I'm doing, I'm always praying to God. Look on what I'm doing and watch my children. Yeah. Watch over them. When I see the level of corruption, and I'm not talking about political corruption. <laughs> what do you get liver to post such a video? And that's someone who was coming to church. And coming to, I think he forgot to block one person. <laughs> you get the point now? Yeah. Yes. And then the person saw the video on his WhatsApp status. We have children who as much as 18 are having sex. As much as 16, as much as 19. They even have, and they can talk back to their mothers. As young as they are. So you see, you didn't know that God had given you sanctuaries to bring people to himself. 
but you chose to defile the sanctuary, your sanctuaries with your many sins and your dishonest trade. So shepherds became dishonest and defiled their sanctuaries. And they don't want me to be teaching about it. They say we should move on. The past is the past. What do you mean by the past is the past? I will never teach about these things. <laughs> are we fighting? Do you think we are fighting? We are not fighting. <laughs> Some of you, I know you think you have escaped. You have escaped. I know that's what you think. You have escaped. But one day God is going to ask you questions. You will be shocked. You'll be surprised that God will mention a specific name of somebody and ask you, where is the person? You, you will be shocked. At least if um, um, the founder of Salvation Army's vision that he saw is anything to go by, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised that there are people waiting for you in heaven who will accost you and say, you went to school with my son. What happened to my son's salvation? Did you preach to him? They will ask you questions. And you see, in eternity, you will see that emotions are punishment. So, the feeling of guilt is a worse torture than if they use knives or angel police were slapping you. The feeling of guilt in eternity is amplified. It's not like here where you feel a little shame, a little guilt. Now, what you feel here, you have to multiply it by a zillion times. That's how you feel in eternity because there'll be nobody slapping you or beating you as a punishment. So your emotions are actually what is your torture and your reward. That's why he talks about a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Eternal regrets are not like the regrets we have when we are here. It's a totally different ballgame. The church is quiet. It's like I've crucified the church. Nevertheless, they are alive when they live here. So let me round up by saying it is a pride of a novice that causes him to lift himself up against authorities that have been established for years. Sometimes I watch people walk in rebellion against established authorities. Hey, me, I know people, I know some people lack wisdom. I know some people lack wisdom. When I see them, I know. I walk here and I highly respect Pastor Edwin. Me, I'm your senior pastor. I highly respect Pastor Edwin. And then he walk here and you don't respect him or honor him or take his word seriously. I honor my pastors. I respect them. I also believe that there are things they know I don't know. I listen. I keep, I listen to them. Then I see people who won't even Honor them as such. I, as your senior pastor, that's how much reverence I have for them as pastors. Pastor Edwin can never say that oh, apostle doesn't respect me. No, no, no. I respect him. I respect him. I highly respect him. But you see all these young people 
they have not seen even a quarter of Nairobi yet. I'm not talking, you think I'm going to say a quarter of the world. Which quarter of the world? A quarter of Nairobi. (laughs) A quarter of Nairobi. They have not seen. She, she, they have not seen. Such a pastor cannot talk to them. Such a pastor cannot counsel them. Me, I believe there are things I can learn from someone like Pastor Eddie. I, I, all my pastors generally. Huh? Hey, the only thing me I know more is the Bible. Like if you ask, what do I, the only thing I know more than them is the Bible. Yes. They cannot come and tell me they can bully me with what they know in the Bible. <laughs> and I've accepted that is it. Yes, I've s- accepted that is it. And then when I move, there are some of you seated here. I also respect you enough. I ask you questions. And I take what you tell me. I take advice. But look at your own self. Why would you think that you are, you are, you are it? <laughs> you are it. After God created you, he has stopped creating everybody. You are it. Because God realized that you have arrived. Yeah, he doesn't need any more. After you, God stop creating everybody. Careful. There are people when I want them to stop doing something, they don't listen. Yeah. That's why for a long time now, me, I tell people something and I go and sit in my corner. Yeah. It's a waiting game. Time will prove which of us is correct. And mind you, you should know that my authority as a pastor didn't start from yesterday. I have been teaching and preaching for over 26 years now. It didn't start yesterday. Do you understand? At least there's something I must know that you don't know, Titus. There must be something I know you don't know. And depending on your area of expertise... There's something you know that I don't know. Do you get it? Yeah. You will notice these same patterns in other novices that are destroyed by their pride. They are striking, fascinating, exciting, and attractive people. Hmm. Careful. Many are new to their roles. Sooner or later, they lift themselves up and act carelessly or speak carelessly against God's servants. So it is that status of a novice that brings about all these things. And that is why you must grow up. You must mature in Christ. You see, if we have mature church members, you will even understand that rebuke is for your good. I marvel how people take rebuke in this country. It shocks me. (laughs) In another place, it is laugh. Here, it is hatred. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like me. Do you see when he was teaching that point, he was looking at me. He doesn't like me. I have had people who sit in the church and I could 
dare not mention their names and use them as examples. The looks I will get. The looks I will get. And by the time you're going towards that example, they start showing you by their facial expression. Yeah, don't, uh, 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 don't do that here. Yeah. And then there are people I can feel free and use them for examples. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rise up on your feet. If I go in that direction now, eh? <laughs> Are you blessed? <laughs> hey. But God is helping us. Yeah, He's helping us. <laughs> there are many things I don't understand. There are many things I don't understand. I don't understand. I try to understand them. Like they don't make sense to me. I was informed by, and what my pastors tell me, I take very seriously. I was informed by uh, Pastor Edwin of one of the young men who comes around here that he was sick. And he was sick of the same thing that somebody was healed of in the church. So I said, because of who was telling me, I said, no problem, I'll speak to him. So, the day I asked to speak to him, I even told him, I saw him, I said, I'll talk to you after church. You see, like a lot baffles me, you know. Are you aware that I cannot love you more than you, you love yourself. When I closed and I sat down and I started looking for the young man, he was nowhere to be found. He was nowhere to be found. Like, in fact, we had a communion service. I think the last time I saw him was that. We had a communion service. So I told Pastor Edu that this communion service... Tell the young man it is crucial for him. It is crucial for him. When people were taking wine and bread to drink, he had a phone or a camera and he was moving to people's faces. You see where I come from? Somebody in that condition wants nothing but God's mercy. They will lie before the altar. They will cry. They will fight God. But this one, don't bother. When I asked to see him, he was, he had gone, he had finished and closed himself. They went after him. By the time he came, I already had somebody. He couldn't wait again. He left it. I said, I told Pastor Demi, I, I, I stopped bothering about such things. He said, I'm, I'm just saying that even me as your leader, there are many things I worry about because I don't understand them. Why should I be worried for your condition more than you are for yourself? And that's, I can tell you for sure, there's a certain spirit of I don't care, you know, whatever will happen will happen. It's a demonic spirit. May you not be in that category. Oh, you're already in it. That's why you're not saying amen. 
Lift up your two hands. Father, we thank you tonight. I'm praying because, Father, if I ask them to pray, they won't be serious with the prayer. So I pray for us. I pray for this church. That, Lord, you will move us by diverse means and by diverse experiences from this level of novices. We pray for maturity. Maturity in understanding. Maturity in the things of the spirit. Maturity to walk after you with full revelation and understanding of your purpose for our lives. That we will not remain as novices lifted up in pride and falling into the condemnation of the devil. Remove this temptation far from our lives, far from our hearts, oh God. And cause us, Lord, to not fall prey to this enticing world of the enemy. May we survive the temptations of Satan and come to the place of maturity where we serve your will and we serve your purpose. Where we graduate to represent you well in this dark and perverse world. Thank you heavenly father that some are growing, some are maturing, some are becoming, some are rising beyond novices. And they are maturing and in their senses and understanding of your will and agenda for our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Give the Lord a big clap offering. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. The Lord bless you. Please do have your seats. Amen. What a blessing. You can make it your assignment to constantly ensure that someone who has not found it worth or worthy to be attending the midweek services begins. It always starts with one day. So maybe what you can help us to do is you make it your personal agenda that I will ensure someone who doesn't attend Tuesday services begins to come. Like Nyamai, I don't know whose effort it was. Whether it was my effort or somebody else's effort. You know, he's here tonight. You know, so you can tell yourself, I'll bring somebody who really doesn't come. You get it? And I believe they will be greatly blessed by the midweek teachings as well. I believe it's wonderful. Isn't it? Tell yourself and do that. Yes, we have many church members who should be here. Hallelujah. We have no doubt that you have received a blessing from the Word of God preached by Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw. Do join either of our services at Love Springs International Church headquarters this and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Connect with Apostle Raymond Tamaklaw on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. God richly bless you and lead you in a series of victories.